Merry Christmas. We're in week two already of our Advent series. It's called Soon, and the song you just heard, that was an excerpt of it, and it's uh, kind of the, the theme song, kind of the song that, that connected uh, the, the whole concept, and if you missed it last week, uh, there's a couple things that, that you should know that on our website, you can go to, the, to our series there, and there's a great piece that Blair wrote uh, kind of describing the, the content and, and why it resonated with her first and why it, it could and should resonate with us now. Uh, what I love about it is that there was a, a piece of art, a visual piece, and then a song, and the two together uh, are, are paired and, and kind of bring this up to us, and what we were learning a little bit last week is that Advent is something that we remember before Christmas because it's about the first Christmas. However, Advent is something that we're also in between because we're waiting the second Advent, the second coming of Jesus, and that's something that we believe in faith, and so we look back and we look forward. We're in the messy middle where it takes hope, it takes faith, and today we're going to look at peace. And so this series, it's something exciting to me because mixed with the artwork and mixed with the song, and it was something that I asked Blair to look into. And so when she she kind of found this combination, uh, we're going to let you know more about it as we come. But uh, for those that were here last week, I, I told you that uh, the required reading was to go and read Blair's piece. And so if, if this is your first time hearing it, well, then you should go and do that as well, I think. It'll be great for you to have context over what we're doing. So the excerpt of the song uh, that we just heard Blair lead us in, uh, this is the lyric that really stands out. He comes to make his blessings flow as far and wide as the curse is found. He comes to make his blessings flow as far and wide as the curse is found. 
And so today, that, that's something that'll kind of keep us in mind. And earlier before service, we, we lit the second candle representing uh, peace. And so uh, now that we're here, this is a, a reading that someone might come up and do as an Advent reading. And we're in Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 6. And it reads, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Father, as we just read that and we're believing it and we're reminded, many of us, of of people reading this and us reading it um, many Christmases past, and we're looking forward to a future day as well, not just something that you've already initiated, but a day where this will be true. And so we're hoping for that and we're, we're asking for peace and as John was just praying, that we would also uh, be praying in how you will use us to bring peace. But we thank you because you are our peace. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, it's exciting, and I know uh, there's different parts of Scripture where uh, we read about this, this child that will come, this child that came, uh, but before the arrival, you're hearing the, the name Emmanuel, and there's a song that we're going to sing that you're going to hear that in. And what does it mean? It means that God is with us. And God with us is really the, the point, and, and it's his presence. And so uh, there's a lot of things that I'm going to say. It's a sermon, and so there's content, and there's study, and I hope that it's at least clear. But I, I will promise you this. Although I don't know what will resonate in the next five minutes or ten, and it'll be different for different people, by the way, because we all have different things that'll pop out and that the Holy Spirit will illuminate to us. But the very last thing that I'll say I hope that is practical for all of us today. And so as we're on a journey to get there, uh, we're going to talk about peace. That's kind of the context for this morning. Peace, if you're looking for the definition, a worldly definition, could be either freedom from disturbance. Uh, have you ever heard someone say disturbing the peace? You, you've heard that, that phrase before. Well, uh, disturbing it because uh, freedom uh, from disturbance would be peace. So that would be peaceful. Or another definition would be a state or period in which there's no war or war has ended. And there's brief moments. There's glimpses of, of peace. But by that definition, uh, we're never sure when peace will really arrive. And so this week as I was kind of debating and I was looking at the variety of ways in which we think of peace, there's world peace. And that is part of the context for today. There's also inner peace, and that's another part, and we're going to kind of piece together the tension that resides between those two, the peace that the world offers, and the world does offer peace, but then there's the peace that Jesus offers. There's temporary and there's eternal, and sometimes it's confusing which one is which. Some people think that eternity begins after we all die, but what if it actually begins sooner? Some people think that that peace could be eternal here on this earth, but either way, a man, a Wesleyan author named Mark A. Holmes, he wrote, the prerequisite to world peace is spiritual peace. 
What I love about this prerequisite, if, if you were uh, in high school and you were looking at what you needed to get into that college or that university or that program, a prerequisite is the thing you need to have before the other thing can happen. And so in this, what he's saying is that spiritual peace must come first. Well, that's easy to say, and, and you think I could end there, but there's still so much tension. And what, what, how does that actually help to bring about world peace? Well, it's, it's this, because the world does offer it. But what the world needs most is what the world can't offer. Only Jesus can offer this. We're going to turn to the New Testament today. And it's really because of the first advent that we have this New Testament and that we have a little bit more of the story. And so uh, I'm going to turn to John chapter 14. And Jesus himself, this is in uh, red letters and in verse 27, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Now, many of us thought that Christmas is about gift giving and it, and it is in this context too. Last week I was sharing about a few gifts. Maybe you're even thinking about just general gifts that the world offers. Well, this is what Jesus offers. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Now, it's good, it's good news, but also, it's hard not to be troubled or afraid with everything going on. So I was thinking about different gifts and just different things in general that have come up that are, are good and positive things. There's lots of negative things that have come up, but just focusing on some of the good things for a moment as far as what the world has to offer. Can you imagine, I heard someone even say it this week, and some of us can remember a, a, a time or at least temporary uh, where indoor plumbing was the greatest blessing there ever was, right? Right? I don't know if you read, uh, I got to go to the Colosseum in Rome, and, and uh, uh, it, it was cool. I, I saw this article this week, so I sent it to my father-in-law, because we were both there at the same time, and they discovered some of the snacks that people would have had about 1,800 years ago or, or so. It's on the Smithsonian website, but it was interesting to see what they might have purchased and what they would have had for, for snacks, uh, and it was cool, and, and so it, it was found, it's something where they, they still are, are uncovering things like that, but, but imagine part of it had to do with the toilets that they were uncovering, so he's like, oh, did they sample any of this stuff? And I was like, oh, okay, okay, that's enough. But indoor plumbing is actually kind of a big deal. Eyeglasses, we might take for granted. Someone asked me just last night how I could read a menu. I was like, well, I've got my contacts in, and they're like, oh, sure, nice, that's great, and someone else was holding the glasses, like trying to find the right, it's like a magnifying glass. They're like, what's the right level where I can see it, but it's not giving me a headache, you know? Uh, but there are people in the world that need them and still don't have them. But it's something when, when that technology came, we want to share that, we want to spread it, but it doesn't mean that it reaches everyone in the time that we think it should. Uh, what about electricity? Now, there's pros and cons to all of these things, maybe, but taking it as a positive, uh, when, when that arrived, there's still people that don't have it, but it was something that was able to spread, and we wanted to spread that. If we call it technology, we wanted to spread it quickly. Communications, uh, especially the telephone. Now, I've talked a lot about you know, the opportunity of growing up with my grandparents. Well, when I first got a cell phone or, or, or internet or anything like that and showed my grandfather, 
He just shook his head and is like, radio is pretty good for me. And he knew exactly when to tune in for, for the weather and when he wanted to tune in to, to hear the news and everything. And that was his internet. But technology and communications and, and internet, there's many people that think the internet is a human right. And so there's these things that we, we want to help people uh, to get them and it spreads. Well, what I want to share with you in a different kind of context is that Advent or Christmas reminds us that peace has already arrived. Peace showed up 2,000 years ago and it's continuing to spread, but maybe not at the rate in which we wish that it would. But peace has arrived, but peace will come as well. And we're in this messy middle of Jesus has come and he will come again, and we're in the in-between. It's that thing where the kingdom is here, but it's also not yet. And so the whole already, not yet, the whole soon idea is that we know that Jesus has come. We believe that in faith, and we're believing that he's going to come again, but we're in the middle, and so this is what takes faith. But we can have peace. And so Jesus said that peace is, in his words, in me. And so as we turn another page, uh, just into chapter 16, the, the last verse there, this is something that um, has been comforting and frustrating to me. And so maybe you'll see why. It wouldn't be the first time I've read it here. But Jesus says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me would be the key here. Here on earth, here's the frustrating part. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. It's profound because he's saying peace is in me. If you want peace, come to me. However, peace isn't what you think it is all the time. There, there is such a thing, that, that initial definition that the world offers of freedom from disturbance, that is peace. But it's not always the way that it goes. And, and peace could be a state or period of time in which war, there is no war or war has come to an end. That, that's certainly peace. But I think Jesus is going a little bit deeper into this situation. And so this is something that isn't original to me, but to Craig Rochelle. He writes that peace isn't found in the absence of problems. True peace is found in the presence of God. Amen. That's a good word that didn't come from me, but I'm so glad that he said it that way, that it's not the absence of problems, as in it's not always in the freedom from disturbance. It's not always when there isn't war or war has ended, but peace can be found in Jesus even with problems, even with trials and sorrows, even with death and other circumstances that, that seem like the lack of peace we can have and we can find peace in Jesus. That's good news. A couple years ago, when Pastor John Simons was, was leading us, um, and I'm so glad that he was, uh, he gave me an opportunity to preach in December, but he also gave me Herod as the character, and there were these many, the minor parts, if, if some of you who were around then remember. And so I was like, great, thank you. Like, I, I was wondering, like, what would be worse than that, the donkey? I don't know. But I, I had Herod. And so, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a good employee, and I love John. I love him dearly, but we love to tease each other. And so I was studying, and I was working, and he, he gave me a few passages, like, maybe this, maybe that, like, look into it. And I'm like, what am I going to do with Herod? You know, what are we going to do with Herod? It's a big problem. Uh, but I remembered back to several years ago where there was a few of us that did it one year. It was Paul Blackmore. Another year, it was me, where we read the Christmas story. It was scripture all pieced together, 
uh, in, in a variety of kind of uh, translations where it was about a 10-minute piece that at our Christmas thing off-site, C4, uh, we read the Christmas story. And what I loved about it is that the, every time that Herod came on the scene, we would change the music. And so I was saying just a couple years ago how because I had listened to, um, uh, or I was watching Star Wars and I heard anytime Vader showed up, you know, there's the Imperial March. And I thought, like, Herod needs a theme song. And so a couple years ago when we were looking into this, I gave Herod a theme song. And from a lot of study, and it was kind of funny, it was a little bit quirky, but I, I found this because I, I thought it was, it, it, was, it was just kind of interesting to me, but alliteration can be a blessing and a curse. Uh, when you start to notice it, you see it everywhere. And so this is annoying, but I wanted to share this run-on sentence that I wrote. There's a lot of P's in this, as in words that start with P. This is it. This is the lack of peace, okay? Herod's plan was a private plot after meeting with the priests due to panic over God's presence to protect his power over the people, which sent the wise men on a different path and Jesus' parents packing. What I noticed from that, it's, it's the 12 Ps of Christmas, if you didn't already know that song. But I, I could have added a couple more because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. But the situation in which Jesus arrived, there was anything but peace. People were hoping, last week was all about that people were coming to hope that he was coming. And we're still hoping that he'll come again. And in faith, we believe that that's true. But when he arrived, he's also arriving to bring peace, although there wasn't peace. Uh, his own people were occupied by a different government. And there was a king on site who wanted to do anything to keep his own peace, but to really keep his own power, to keep his family name intact and, and hopefully live as long as he could to keep his throne and then maybe pass it on to uh, a family member, whether a son or someone else. And so that was Herod's plan. And there was so much to do with protecting this baby who was coming to save us. Do you notice the irony there that this Jesus, who, who as a baby in human form, couldn't do much but just rely on Mary and Joseph to do whatever it took, whether it was listening to the words of an angel or, or receiving help from someone else. They actually had to go not just next door and not just like hide in a cave, but they had to go to Egypt. It, it, it was this thing where uh, Herod was, was doing the opposite of peace. He was going to kill uh, everyone that kind of fit the age range and, and, and that was a male baby. He was going to, in a certain region, he was going to wipe them all out to try to wipe out this one who was going to take this throne. He didn't want his throne to go. And so it was anything but peace. And isn't it interesting that in all the protection, we forget the providence of God. We forget that God had this plan. He kept his promise. He's going to continue to keep his promise. And so there's so many times, even as Jesus is an adult and he's teaching and he's saying something that's difficult and the people don't like it, and he's on the edge of a cliff and somehow he makes his way through because it wasn't his time yet. And so it's just a good reminder that this Jesus that came to bring peace, he came in a time where there was anything but. But it's because it's about the presence of God, not the absence of problems. I love it. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I was in Paul's letters, and I think um, this morning as I was rereading some of it, I, I think it's tempting to, to see all the negative that comes from one author or, or not, or the challenges or the tensions that come from one letter 
or, or not. Uh, but in this, I want to share some of the positive things that we have learned from the Apostle Paul. And one is found in Ephesians 2.14, where he writes, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. And I want to read the full verse. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Jesus did that. He's already done that, and he will continue to do that. But that's who he is. He's the Prince of Peace, and it's a a different way than maybe we would plan to bring about peace But he had anything but peace as he was trying to bring peace to us in between Jews and everyone else. I was looking at all the different translations here, and essentially it was saying Jesus is our peace, Christ is our peace. The Passion Translation, I love that it says, our reconciling peace is Jesus. And I love that. Jesus is the one who reconciles people. In this exact context, it's the Jews and the Gentiles. It's, it's those who, who already kind of knew about the Lord's plan and those who were just finding out about it. He was breaking down a wall. He was bringing them together. And there's lots of tension throughout the New Testament of the peace that needs to come by even just those two people groups coming together. But sometimes it's even between two individuals. Sometimes that's the case too. And what Jesus has done in bringing peace is meant to break down walls that usually separate us. Jesus is our peace. If there's any takeaway that you could have today is that why do we have hope this week is that Jesus is our peace. Not that Jesus was our peace or will be our peace, although that's true, but he is our peace, present tense. Jesus has overcome the world, as if we're thinking of the terms that he's using in, in John uh, 16.33, where he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. Well, he's overcome the world by becoming subject to death on a cross. And we learn in another letter from Paul in, in Philippians 2 about the attitude that we're supposed to take on. We're actually supposed to take on this humble attitude of Jesus and, and what he writes about what, what Jesus had done. It says that though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. That's how Jesus brought peace. By humbling himself. And if we're thinking of it in the terms of discipleship here, if we are to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, then we're to follow in his footsteps. Uh, Not just in, in the things we teach and how we love, but how we bring about peace. And so we're looking at, well, there's world peace, and we, we desperately want that, and we want inner peace, but the, the two don't seem to mix. What the world offers and what Jesus offers seem to be at opposing ends. They don't seem to have the same definition, and, and that's true. But what I was noticing regarding the song lyrics that we were highlighting from the song that Blair led us in just before this is that he comes to make his blessings flow as far And why it is the curse is found. But my thought is that sometimes the things we cling to get in the way of the blessings that flow through. Sometimes the things we cling to, Jesus didn't cling to them. Even something that he had the right to cling to, he actually let that go 
in surrender, in, in humble obedience, and he brought about peace by dying for us, which is the ultimate way to bring peace. Just a little bit later in his writing to the Philippians chapter 4, this has been practical to me for, for many years. And so first I want to read the verse, but then I, I said how at some point there's going to be a moment where this is practical to you. And so I hope that it is. So the first time that I read this and personalized it, I was 16 going on 17. And so it was a little bit ago and I had uh, wavy blonde hair and uh, I was about 40 pounds lighter and uh, what else? I was clean shaven and all, all, the, all those things. Uh, in better shape, I could go down the list. But there were a lot of things that brought stress and anxiety to me. And you can imagine, uh, I, I, I pray for high schoolers. I, I pray for middle schoolers too, but um, there's so much pressure on our high schoolers. And so I, I would encourage you to pray for them even now. But there's so much uh, in figuring out their future and, and having to know when you're 16, 17, 18, what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Like, I'm still figuring it out. And so, but at the time, uh, there, was just, there just seemed to be a lot of pressures from all angles. But when I first started reading this with kind of fresh eyes, and when I was trying my best to follow Jesus, and still having the, the, the tension of, uh, I, I believe this, but this is hard, I came to Philippians 4, and it reads, don't worry about anything. Okay, easy to say, no, just hear me out, right? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. If, if I just pause there for a moment, this alone was profound because I was already trying to pray. I was already trying to read the Bible. But then as my mind was racing, actually when my heart was racing, that's more like it, I would turn to this and it was underlined many times and I would read again, don't worry about anything. And I was like, well, that, you can't just not worry, right? But then it says, instead, pray about everything. And I noticed as I would start to pray, uh, whether I was walking, whether I was sitting, whether I was kneeling, I would pray and I would tell God what I need, which he already knew, and I would thank him for all that he had done. Now, did my problems just magically disappear? Did I have an absence of problems in those moments? Probably not, but I felt like I did. There was something different that happened because of how Jesus was working in my heart and in my mind, and my focus was fixed on him instead of my problems. And so the reason I said, wait until the end, because I hope this is practical for all of us, is because I can't get rid of your worries. I can't get rid of your problems. We can't, we can't just do that. We can't just snap our fingers and it's all, all better, as though the world says freedom from disturbance. I can't Get rid of all those disturbing of the peace moments in your life. But what I can say is that peace is found in Jesus. Amen. And when you go to him, it's not that worries simply disappear. It's that your focus all of a sudden changes and it goes to him. And it says pray about everything. Not just pray when you feel about it and at morning and before a meal and at night and, and when something bad happens. But, but pray all the time about everything and specifically, tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Sometimes we need reminders. I see when I read the Old Testament just how many reminders God's people needed. Even immediately after something tremendous happened, 
they needed to be reminded they quickly would forget. And how often do we forget even our keys? It's much easier to forget the good things that God's already done for us. The verse goes on to say, then, after you've done that first thing, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's good news. That's practical. It doesn't fix everything. It doesn't remove you from the circumstances. It doesn't make the problems just become absent just because all of a sudden you're not thinking of them. But it's better than that because in the midst of all of that, Jesus is there and Jesus is our peace. The band's gonna come back to lead us in a song, but we're not finished yet. What I love about this and I don't know about you if you've ever had to prepare a presentation on demand and then uh, this, is, this is kind of like a presentation, right? You can prepare all you want and you're just hoping that like you, you have the right thing to say at the right time. So this morning as I was reading this, I, I had this verse in mind. I wanted it to be practical. And then I read the verse before it and I'm gonna share it with you now. Just before the verse we read, it says, remember The Lord is coming soon. That's not me, that's that's there. It is the series we're in, and I think that's convenient. But maybe it's better than just being convenient. Maybe we needed to be reminded. He's coming soon. There were people that we were talking about last week who were waiting for his coming. They were desperate. They were hoping, but they didn't know for sure. And then when Jesus arrived, they thought everything is going to be fixed. Well, it didn't work out exactly like that, but he came, peace arrived, peace started to spread, and it's going to continue, and this is how we can bring peace in the world. Ultimately, Jesus will bring peace to 100% of our world, but in the meantime, even in spite of war and problems and everything else that can bring worry, you can have peace now. And we can share that peace now. So when he says, remember the Lord is coming soon, and then he starts to say, so don't worry about anything, is because we're placing our hope, that's last week, in that we're going to receive peace from him even in the meantime. Instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. Why? Because of his presence, not because of the absence of problems. You'll experience his peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And that, to me, is good news. Father, we thank you for this. And as we're praying about everything, even in this moment, many of us might be stressed about something that's going on today or that's coming up. But we're thinking back to those people who were waiting for your initial arrival and the hope that they had and your promise coming true. And when you arrived, Emmanuel, God, with us, your presence brought peace. And we believe that your presence is among us even now and that in our hearts, even as individuals, when we receive you and we trust in you, that you bring us your presence. And so by that nature, we have your peace and When the worries come up and problems will happen, trials and sorrows, as you said, unfortunately, will continue, but take heart because you've overcome the world. We believe not only that you have overcome, but you will. You will come again and subdue everything under your 
command and that you will bring ultimate peace. But in the meantime, would we experience that peace, which is actually hard to understand, but would we experience it in such a way? Would we be willing to be humble like you and extend peace to others? And would we see, let's call it world peace, as we extend it to others in the name of Jesus? We pray all this because you are our peace. Amen.